What's up, mother cluckers? Robin here with the Winner Winner Podcast. Here we are for week eight. What is it? 28 now? 28. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who are you? I'm Arjuna. <laughs> yep. I'm half of this podcast. Yeah, man. We've really gotten this introduction shit down. <laughs> yeah, we do. So we're bringing more win for you guys this week. Um, specifically, we're going to be talking about 10 ways to not die in the top 10 or, you know, 10 ways that you're dying that you maybe shouldn't be in top 10 <laughs> scenarios. So this is really cool. We've had a number of people ask us about this. I've been thinking about it for a while. I've been kicking myself every time I die in the top 10 for some stupid ass reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited to be talking about that today. Like, basically, guys, you guys shouldn't lose any more games after you hear this episode. No, your losing streak is over. Yeah. We're going to kind of keep it lean and mean today because, you know, we're recording this remotely and life, etc. So, um, yeah, we're just we're going to have a Patreon question of the week, just jump into a few patch notes and then mm-hmm. right into the main topic. First of all, I just want to give a quick shout out to Derek, who became Derek. a new patron this Whee! week. Thank you, Derek. You are a legend. Yep. And then our Patreon question of the week comes from Patrick. So I'll go ahead and read that. He says, other Battle Royale games have a lot to offer in terms of customization. Example, H1Z1 and another game that I won't name. PUBG has been seriously lacking in that area on the Xbox side. I'm always dropping with the same old shirt and pants with no personality to my character. Are there different? You know, it sounds like my life, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Steve Jobs ethos right there, you know? He says, Are there differences in the PC version as opposed to the Xbox version? What kinds of customization would you like to see in the future? So, this is something they've been like kind of trying to up their ante on this a little bit by, yeah. you know, offer it like they've got the Shroud and uh, Dr. Disrespect special skins that they've introduced recently. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. They've got the parachute skins and the you know the the pan skins. So they're trying. They're moving mm-hmm. in that direction. Yeah, I don't know. What what do you think about all of this customization business, Robin? I I guess anyone who's been listening to the show for a while has maybe witnessed my attitude about customization. <laughs> at first, yeah. I was very like, eh, who gives a shit? Like, just I want to play a good game. Yeah, you know. Focus on making the mechanics smooth and and the gameplay good and, and ironing out bugs. But it, there is something to be said for customization, um, and I do enjoy the weapon skins more so than my cosmetics for my character, just because I can't see myself when I'm actually playing the game, mm. but I can see the gun in front of me, right. and so. That is actually the more important part of it to me. And I do definitely feel like this game has very few options in that regard. Uh, I guess if you looked at all of the weapon skins available, it would seem like there's a fair amount of, of availability. But it's it's really hard to get them. Yeah. Um, you have to spend money or, and, you know, or just play a lot and get all the points. And the amount of time you have to play to, to get something is a lot. And mm. usually the payoff is really bad <laughs> yeah paltry it's pretty bad like I, I, yeah. I can't believe how many pairs of like gray camo pants i have right you know with the whole randomization thing i, I know, wish we man. would I wish we would get rid of that i wish that they would try to slant it towards getting something you haven't already gotten you know you're right wouldn't that make sense man yeah it just feels so bad to open like the same clothes three crates in a row and just be like fuck this game right you know now for that to really work you'd have to have you know, a lot of different stuff. Because you'd, you'd, by process of elimination, you'd end up getting the rare items. Um, yeah. But if they had a lot <laughs> more true. stuff, that wouldn't really work that way. Well, they could at least just do a better job of cycling the boring-ass cheap shit that you get, you know? So maybe mm-hmm. you just... Because I've had times when I seriously opened, like, three gray pants in a row. And mm-hmm. you just feel, at that point, you're just wondering, like, what you're doing with yeah. your life, right? I feel I, I feel like kind of an old man, because I'm like, oh, I remember in the good old days, like, Modern Warfare 2, like, you, to get things, you just earn them by achieving different, <laughs> like, you have achievements. In the, and if you get a certain number of kills mm. with a certain gun, then you mm. unlock, that's how you unlock attachments, for example. Yeah. Uh, but I could see something like that where... If you do certain things in the game, you don't just get a badge on Steam. 
Because mm. to me, I don't give a fuck. I look at that stuff like once every three months when I'm like waiting for my game to open or something, right? <laughs> yeah. But if if the what you do in game, if your in game behavior is tied to the things that you get to use and apply to yourself, where having a jacket actually means that you did something in the game, that to me is a lot more interesting mm. and a lot more motivating. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. So I, to me, it's you know, connecting that, those two things, the achievement system to customization just mm. makes sense. But, but yeah. you know, not everyone can be as bright as me. Nope. So, yeah, okay. I think you're right. I think it would be awesome to have, like, uh, clothes that you could only get, example, from a care package, right? And then mm-hmm. if you, like, if you got it from that care package, you would have that clothing permanently. And... Mm-hmm. That would just be another way to spice up the game and another yes. reason to incentivize yeah. people to go for care packages. I love that idea. Yeah. So I had another thought come to me, and it reminded me of a conversation we had on a previous episode, Robin, where we were talking mm-hmm. about clothing that was actually meaningful to use in the environment of the map. Mm-hmm. We were talking about like being able to change into like a white coat on the snow map right so that you can blend in more and people have already talked about this a little bit like for example on miramar they'll like switch out their level two helmets to get one which is like kind of brownish in color right so that's something that people are already doing but i was thinking all right so the bitch of all of this is that unless you choose your specific map using map selection you don't know which map you're going to be on and therefore, right. you can't really make meaningful choices about what you're wearing beforehand. But yeah. what if in the lobby, you could change your outfit? Game changer. Oh. Because first of all, it would give you something to do during that extraneous one minute, you know, instead of just yeah. like, you know, doing the snake or like sniffing someone's crotch or whatever. And <laughs> you've all done it. Don't lie. And but it would also, you know, like you could think like, okay, I'm going to be on Sandhawk, you know, like what clothes do I want to wear on this map? Mm-hmm. I think that could just bring a meaningful element to the game. And then it might even encourage you to change your play style based on that, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's just off the top of the dome right there. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Loving it. Yeah. I, I also want to be able to choose my species in this game <laughs> okay right? like, okay this is a very anthropocentric game yeah you know battle royale to me is like everyone's involved you've got tigers and bears and land roaming dolphins and like, <laughs> you just represent you know the full gamut of the animal kingdom but yeah you know we're just not ready for it no i don't, I don't think the world is ready that yeah that's like um that's like PUBG 2090, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> that's the sequel. Genetically Pub- modified dolphins. Yeah. PUBG postmodern warfare. <laughs> yeah, I you know, but see the problem is that's edging a little too closely to that other game that we must not speak of. So yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope. <laughs> All right. So thanks for that question, Patrick. Yeah, thanks for the question, Patrick. We'll see what they do. I feel a little cynical around it, but. You know, that's Mm -hmm. just because I'm an old cynical bastard. Moving on. So just some current events in PUBG. Uh, The PC had Sanok come back last week to Mm -hmm. mess around Mm -hmm. with. And basically the the word on the street, because I actually didn't play it, um, spoiler alert, is that it's still really laggy. Mm -hmm. And there's some sound location issues happening, like footstep issues and people just hearing things in locations they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, apart from that, it's just good old Sandhawk, the way you like it. I yep. think part of the reason it's been hard for me to motivate around this map is I just don't really like it. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we went over this before, but like, I am a huge fan of yeah. this map. Yeah. I'm not converted yet, like, dude. I, I'm I not love convinced. its compact size and the terrain and yeah. all of it. But anyway, I haven't played it either on this last round because the I'm traveling, I'm in Minnesota, as you know, Arjuna, and yeah. um, the PC I'm using here just does not run PUBG that well. So I get to kind of 
I was I didn't bring my graphics card partially just to see what this game runs like on just kind of a run of the mill mm. like not not high end graphics card but like mm. pretty good and it doesn't run that well. You so. got your answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been playing Rainbow Six Siege instead. So yeah, if if after this episode, guys, you guys aren't aren't getting like top three every about every other game i'd say you probably need to buy a one thousand dollar graphics card mm. and then you're guaranteed to win yeah i'm kidding don't yep. do that save your money buy yeah a, I just buy a cat <laughs> buy a therapy session because that's what you're really going to need <laughs> dude i should become a PUBG therapist you oh, really should snap i have a calming voice you know i'm yeah. british i just have How all the qualifications like in game yeah, Therapy. I could do in-game, and I could also do it post-game, you know? This guy, you know, the guy would be, like, lying yeah. on the couch, like, man, I totally potatoed my shots in that top ten, and I'd nod yeah. sagely and be like, hmm, yeah. How did you feel about that? You better be ready for all the uh, the demand for this. <laughs> yeah. This is just, I don't know if you're ready, man. You yeah, yeah. I'm going to steal myself. I got to talk to my own therapist, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I could actually see like an in-game therapist being beneficial. <laughs> yeah, we we'll get to it later because we're gonna get to like some high-stress stuff in the top ten situation oh, for our main topic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So very um, Other just current news, really quick. I I thought it'd be fun to mention a funny video I saw, which was I'm just looking at the URL. It's probably got a different title here, but basically the gist of it was that some guy becomes better at PUBG, or maybe doesn't because he got the shroud skins and he okay. it was a pretty funny video so i just thought i'd mention it because it made me laugh and it was goofy and awesome any highlights that you want to share no not really i think i would spoil it but i just thought he did a good job of putting it together with music and uh editing and and who was it it's called scrub becomes god thanks to shrouds entrepreneurship yeah and it says it was, I found it on the Reddit, PUBG Reddit, and it was posted by you slash Pakislav. It's mm, funny. Cool. We'll, we'll include a link to that in the show notes and you guys can go to, I haven't watched it myself, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. And then it looks here like Wacky Jackie's reached some conclusions. Tell us about that, Robin. Yeah. Um, so basically he took another look since the patch 14 notes to see how the lightweight grip was affected and also how the scar was affected. And it looks like his conclusion in a nutshell was that the lightweight grip is now viable. Um, it sits, it's still less advantageous than a vertical grip for single shot firing, but should be picked up. And it's decent. Let's see. That's all I remember basically from it. But <laughs> okay. basically I wanted to at least mention it because yeah. It's something that before I was advising everyone to just avoid mm -hmm. altogether because mm -hmm. there was no real use for it. But now, basically, if you don't have a grip, you can pick up a lightweight grip and you can expect a slightly better um, performance on single shot firing and even a little bit for auto. So, so does this mean now that any grip is preferable to no grip? Yes. Okay. Because I was kind of getting that myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which should be true. <laughs> it should. No, I agree, man. It's like your gun should be better with an attachment in the slot than no attachment in the slot. So, uh -huh. yeah, I, yeah. But, you Unless, know, keep, keep, yeah. go, keep going for those vertical grips, folks. Yeah. yeah. Vertical is what you want or angled yeah. or half. Or lightweight. Um, okay. Also, the scar uh, was, was modified a little bit in terms of recoil, and it is really comparable to the M4, except that the horizontal recoil is a little bit more narrow than the M4s, wow. and the vertical recoil is a little bit higher. And and both of those are affected slightly differently by grips, mm. but the gist is, to me, what my takeaway was that the SCAR, I'm going to start grabbing the SCAR, I think, even more often. I, I think I'll prefer it to the M4 for a while, just to see how it goes, because based on what I saw, it, I think it should perform slightly better. Well, I was just going to say, are we going to see a switch to a Scar-heavy meta game? Because, you know, the 
vertical recoil tends to be the easier one to control, right? And so whichever gun yeah. has the better horizontal recoil is probably yes. going to be the choice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the one other kind of deal breaker might be that the rate of fire for the M4 is higher. Mm, okay. Than the Vistas car, which means you can send more bullets more quickly, but also um, the problem is that it's it's harder to control recoil if you have a f faster fire rate. Oh, so, got it. Yeah. Okay. Wow, this is exciting. Yeah. I think this car is a little bit more wieldy, if you will. Um, you can control it just slightly more easily than the M4 now. Um, mm. But if you're good at control, then that squat, the M4 might be more effective. So, okay, just because of that yeah. bullet's uh, rapidity. Fire. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, huh. That's really good to know. I, you know, the age-old question of Scar versus M4 continues. Yeah, dude, it does. Yeah. I mean, if you remember that impact power and damage on that Scar, though, is like that's what's that's what's tipping the balance for me. Yeah. So. Well, the damage is the same, though, right? Oh shit! Is it? Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is. But but the impact power—that's the thing. So, here we go. You have asked, we are answering how to handle yourself in the top 10. So, this is, you know, it's a big question because I think a lot of us have found in this game that making it to the top 10 is not necessarily hard, or at least you, you find yourself in plenty of top 10 situations, and those are always the situations where you roll your eyes when you die and you think like, oh, I shouldn't have done that right? Or at least I do. I kick myself a lot when I die in the top 10. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of led me to coming up with this list. And mm -hmm. yeah, and I just, we've had a lot of questions around, you know, end game. And so I thought we'd just dive a little bit deeper into it. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. yeah, let's jump right in here. So my number one hot tip for winning top 10 situations is to not be careless. Well, you know, I'm going to phrase this in the negative way. So these are the okay. things that you're doing that are making you lose in the top 10. Got it. So the first one is being careless. Mm -hmm. So, and this is, I think it's one of these things where you know, it's like we all, we all have a moment in the game where we think, oh shit, I am in the end game now and I need to be careful. So everything that you do from that point onward becomes like immeasurably more important. So you have to expect, you have to expect A, that there's going to be, you know, nine other, approximately nine other players in your very close vicinity. Mm -hmm. You have to expect that there are going to be campers and snakes. Um, you have to expect mm -hmm. that every building is going to be occupied. Yep. Um, and you just can't, it's like you can't take anything for granted once you get to this stage of the game. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people forget, like it's a funny thing to say, but sometimes people forget that this game is full of players who want to survive every bit as much as you do and mm -hmm. who are every bit as sneaky as you are and every bit as cowardly and cheap as you are. <laughs> um, so you just have to expect that cheap shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are you thinking of? Like, what can you, are you remembering a time when you got killed in the top 10 and you were like, ah, oh, man, I wasn't like being careful enough. And I'm, I'm trying to, I know that I can think of some examples of, of me getting killed and not feeling like I was careful enough recently, but they weren't in the top 10. It was like in situations where I thought I was alone and I wasn't, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the clearest memories of mine is that I remember I was in a top 10 and I identified the best house to be in. Mm -hmm. And I, in my mind, I was like, there's going to be someone in there, right? right? So I go in, and sure enough, there are subtle signs that someone has been there. Um, and it looks like they're trying to cover it up even, right? Like, like okay. they've left a first aid kit, for example. They've okay. left the loot on the floor. But I find an open door, right? Okay. So I'm like, okay, there's definitely someone in this house. And so 
I'm like going up the stairs, and I don't remember what I did, but I maybe it was like I switched my weapon, or I don't know, I like wasn't in ADS, or there was just something that I did, and I like had a split second where I wasn't focused on the fact that someone was there, and that's when the guy leaned around the corner and took me out. Like right in the middle of the stairwell, <laughs> and it was just fucking careless. It was like mm-hmm. what I should have been doing in that moment was being like, "I am actively about to shoot someone right now." You know, like right, right, I should be ex- yeah. like I should treat this situation as if I'm in a fight with someone who knows where I am. Right, right. and I just it was like for whatever reason. All the signs were there. I knew they were there. I just didn't know quite where they were. But I lulled yeah. myself into this weird sense of like, oh, well, I haven't seen him yet and I haven't heard him yet. Yeah. And so I can take a second and whatever, right? Yeah. Dead. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely, that's happened to me. And I'm, I've been gaming a lot lately, right? And yeah. I'm noticing that being in that mode that you just described of, anticipating a, a gunfight like i'm about to shoot somebody like yeah. being at that level of attentiveness yeah it, it it was definitely called for in that situation that you were in right and i think i think it's called for in top 10 like uh, the whole time right like yes. there's pretty much no moment during top 10 where you should like let your guard down um, yes agreed right but and i think that i mentioned that to contrast it with the maybe say the mid game Mm, where mm-hmm. where I have been getting I've gotten killed for being careless but I think I'm going to advocate for that. I'm going to advocate for letting your guard down a little bit in mid game um for the sake of conserving those resources for mm. end game and, and for those like breaching moments because yeah. cuz we're you know we're humans and we have a limited amount of of glucose running through our blood that our brains can <laughs> yeah. pay attention to shit and and That's to, true. to be responsive and reflexive and so i think PUBG is interesting because a full game is is somewhere around 35 minutes or something and you need to kind of be smart about how you're using your mental resources during mm, that time that's so uh, i think true. being on the edge of your seat you know high octane the whole time is you can do a couple of games that way but if you're doing it for three four hours and, and longer you're you're going to burn out, you know? Yeah. So that's a really good point. And I think the way that I try to play this game as a result of that is I just try to view the first 20 minutes as like, it's just like a free for all, you know, I'm in there, I'm having fun. I'm sometimes I'm reckless, you know, I'm just trying to do whatever I feel like. And then Mm-hmm. I just give myself this moment in the match where I'm like, oh, I got X far or, oh, maybe I got a really sweet crate rep and now I want to try hard, right? It's like there's a moment in the game where I tell myself I want to try mm-hmm. hard or maybe yeah. maybe there's a few rounds in the night where I just want to try hard right from the beginning, right? But I totally agree with you. Like you have to pace yourself in this game and... I think it's actually one of the reasons why why camping or finding yourself like a nice safe shit shack or something can actually be good at certain moments mm-hmm. in the game to just give yourself mm-hmm. time to like, mm-hmm. I'm going to chill out, like I'm going to check my map, maybe I'm going to look at my inventory, you know, maybe I'm going to mm-hmm. um, contemplate the Tao De Jing, right? Just, yep. <laughs> you know, anything that can kind of help you to <laughs> let off a little steam so you can get back in the game is good. So that that's the first thing. I just, just one last point on um, the carelessness front. I kill a lot of people in this game in top 10 situations who are rotating and not looking for me camping them. This happens to me really regularly where someone's like running, hugging the edge of the circle and they're doing, you know, it's a good tactic in the end to like run on the edge of the circle. But you just, it's like you have to expect that someone else is going to know that you're going to be doing that, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and you just have to think that way. You have to think like other people look at the circle. Other people are going to draw the same conclusions I'm drawing. Other people are also going to be smart and they're, you know, some people might think that I'm going to do this and they're going to have a counterplay. So yeah. anyway, it's just, a, it's a yeah. part of carelessness. Don't, don't expect that you're the first person to have that brilliant idea. Yeah. Don't assume your flank is like clean and unnoticed. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
All right. Point number two. Take us there, Robin. Bloodthirst slash impatience for getting the blood of innocent, nubile fellow players. Yes. (laughs) All right. So this is all about you're in top 10 and you see a juicy target just like running around with no cover. But they might be just a little bit too far away for you to like reliably land those shots on them, um, which happens all the time. And mm-hmm. it's 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 a tricky thing in top 10 to decide like, all right, like maybe if it's even a kill that you can solidly get. Yes. Like a, let's just say a high probability. Yeah. Uh, maybe not 100%, but you're pretty sure you can get it. And there's still that question of, well, you know, is this person going to be a greater liability alive or dead? Um, because obviously when you when you go after them, you're telling everyone else in the top 10 where you are and what kind of weapon you have. Exactly. That sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, picking the fights, man. It's a tough one for it this is. game. It so. is. And I think one of the reasons it's tough is because we all want to kill people, right? Like, mm-hmm. we all want to get those kills. And so you have to actively sometimes suppress the urge to go for an easy kill. I mean... Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the player's right there, they've got their back to you, you don't have to move to kill them, and it's just like, get that kill, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, like you said, Robin, okay, so I'll give you an example that really got me thinking about this, is I was probably in a top four, so I was one of four, and there was a guy that I'd seen skirmishing, and I didn't know who he was shooting at, but he was shooting at someone, and it was over the hill from where I was. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically keeping an eye on this guy because I've been kind of scouting him and trading some bullets with him for a while. So mm-hmm. he's he's fighting someone else. And all of a sudden, I see him go prone in the grass, right? And I have an M249. And I'm like, I know where he is. Easy shot, easy kill, right? Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. let my better judgment, you know, fall to the wayside. So I, I go over the crest of the hill I red dot the guy, I down him with my M249. It was great. Mm-hmm. It felt really good. I got the kill. But meanwhile, the person who he'd been fighting was lining up a headshot on me and they just killed yeah. me, right? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's just a classic example of like, if there are two other people fighting, let them fight, you know? Yes. Let them do yeah. it. And if possible, use that time to figure out where both of them are right and then you know you're gonna know who dies and your job is to try to take the other person out quickly yes right exactly and when you when in the top 10 if there's someone running out in the open without cover and they're a juicy target somebody else is noticing this (laughs) yes right and you want them to give into the temptation before you do so that you know where both of them are and then you know take tabs on on who's winning what's happening and then get the guy who survives or yeah. if you're really greedy and and make the right call you might even be able to snag both of the kills um exactly you know, wait for one of them to get down to one shot and then finish him and then take out the other guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know, i love it's it just the kind of dirty cowardly play that wins you chicken dinners Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we you know we watch too much Shroud and Fuglet, and we just want to be the person creaming every last player. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be the person killing both fighting players and feeling good about ourselves. And in reality, yeah. you're just gonna lose a lot more chicken dinners if you think that way. Yeah, dude, yeah. I had this this great play um, a few weeks ago where me and Daniel were playing, and we were watching the it was top ten perfect case for this there's three people running on the opposite side of the circle at about 200 meters and this is duos so we knew that the person in the back was stalking the other two. Oh no way <laughs> yeah and so That's we great. just waited a, a few moments for him to lay into the other two and yeah. he actually laid into both of them and killed them and yeah. then he got in a fight so he stopped to heal up and then we just sniped him oh, it was awesome beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah that's wonderful yeah it was great yeah so yeah and this this highlights you know this other point that that we had in here which is that the top 10 is not a great time to like take random speculative shots that you don't know if you can land you know Mm -hmm. so like this isn't Mm -hmm. the time for target practice it's not the time to you know see how your Mm -hmm. scope is zeroed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. like if you if you question whether you have to take a shot, 
you probably don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Now that type of experimentation is valuable, I think, in like early and mid game. Yes. Yeah, exactly. In game, forget it. Yeah. You remember your training. <laughs> yeah. Remember your training. One one more note on impatience is that I see this happen a lot too, where someone will be in the top ten and they start to get impatient because nothing has happened for a while. Maybe they've been mm -hmm. hiding in the same bush for three minutes or, or whatever it is. Whatever that decision they made that put them in a safe spot, they'll start to get itchy fingers, right? Mm -hmm. And this is just a reminder in this game in general that it's just never a good idea to move from a better position to a worse position, ever. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, if it's, if it's in the middle of the game, you can defend the idea because, hey, you don't want to spend 35 minutes doing nothing, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you get to the top 10, just try to win it. And, and that's the time to, to, you know, sit in that bush for as long as it's a good position. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to our next point, point number three, which is uh, you're getting killed because you're being too passive. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> which is kind of the flip side of this, like, patience... Uh, or bloodthirst thing that we were just talking about where, uh -huh. you know, you end up waiting too long, say toward the edge of the circle. Um, and you don't want to expose yourself. So you're, you're kind of biding your time while other things kind of unfold, which can be a great strategy, but it's, it can be overdone too. Yeah. And so basically this is all about getting into position at the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, so getting wherever you prefer in the circle, maybe you're an edger, maybe you're middle, mid ground, maybe you're the center of circle. Um, but, you know, you don't want to be late to the party. Right. So. And I noticed this a lot and I think it's a, it's a flawed psychology that it's easy to get into in this game if you're not paying attention to it, which mm -hmm. is that a lot of people have a circle hugging mentality and they want to wait till the perfect moment when the circle's moving to start running in or just before the circle starts moving to run in. And that mm -hmm. it can be the right play, but you need to like actually look at your map and you need to actually look at what's in front of you and you need to like mm -hmm. actually do it consciously. So I there was a situation and I actually uh, commented on this in one of my um, Anatomy of a Chicken Dinner videos, which are on YouTube where I watched a guy do this. There, there was a circle that was about to come in and it was like across a long field. So the edge of the blue circle is like right in the middle of this field. And there's probably about a hundred, maybe even 200 yards between the edge of that blue circle and the hillside that I was on. Mm -hmm. And I watch at the perfect moment this guy like stands up from the field and starts running with the blue like 10 feet behind him <laughs> and i'm like what was your plan what was your plan dude you know like did you think that it was going to be a better time to be running in now as opposed to one minute ago when you saw where the yeah. next white circle was going to be yeah so what happens is i start shooting at him and he's like oh shit, like what do I do? Because if he stops, and it's especially, it's the late game, so that circle does a lot of damage, right? Mm -hmm. So if he stops, he's fucked. And if he doesn't yeah. stop, he can't shoot at me or he can't take cover, yeah. right? So yeah. Yeah. it was just a free kill. And yeah. I've, I've, when I started playing this game, I found myself on the wrong end of that interaction a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I think nowadays this is what happens is if I see where the next circle is and I see that I'm going to need to go into the next circle, one of the first things I'm thinking about is like, when do I need to get in? And if mm -hmm. I can't come up with a good reason why it shouldn't be now, then it's mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that that's yep. it. Now, and this brings us to some movement strategies, which everyone knows about the snakes and snaking is a very good way to get through a field. Mm, um, yeah, it is. It, it kind of depends on the terrain. For example, in your case, you said you were 100 to 200 meters out. Yeah. Um, so the grass might not have been rendering for that guy, um, right, if he had been prone. Yeah. And so it, it could have been a bad call for him to be a snake for too long anyway. Um, but sometimes fields are in a position where there's not a lot of um, points a vision to it that are more than a hundred meters away. And I think the mm. render distance for grass, do you remember Arjuna? I think it's around 150 or so. 
Mm. Um, yeah, I don't remember. So it's somewhere in there. And mm-hmm. so basically, I will just say if you're if you're more than 100 meters away, or if, if let's say all the good vantage points are within 100 meters and you're in, in long grass, perfect place to go snake and just prone. So in late game, I've done that. It's so fun, especially mm-hmm. if I'm in squads or something and like mm-hmm. the rest of my team has died. I'll just yeah. like stay super low profile. I'll snake through the grass. I'll just run to like a spot in the circle where I feel like I can drop and then snake to the next one Yeah, without having to get up. That's better than just waiting and then running or even crouch running. Depending on the vantage points, sometimes it makes sense to crouch run um, if there's the right terrain around you. Mm. Being a you know half the height of normal can can really hide you if you've got um, terrain working to your advantage, where you can kind of hide behind stuff and move at the same time. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. especially like rows of bushes on Erangel stuff like oh, that. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or if you've got like a little divot in the ground, little defilade as they call them. It's always good to remember that you might get interrupted doing whatever it is that you're doing. And so I always try to leave myself the room to get in a fight or Mm. leave myself a little extra time so that if someone starts shooting me, you know, I have time to either met up or I have time to take cover or I have time to fight back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just be thinking about that. Okay. So that's that's uh, don't be too passive, guys, slash be proactive. Exactly. About getting positioning. So this next one is something that I've fallen prey to a lot, and it is either using the wrong weapon or the wrong range of scope on your weapon for the proximity of the encounter. So Mm. something that if you watch pro players (laughs) enough, you'll notice that pro players tend to uh, switch down their scopes the later in the game they get. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that in that very final circle, when it's like a 1v1 or maybe a 1v3, something like that, that ATEX scope is just not, it's not what you need. It's too much zoom. You gotta see the whites of their eyes, Arjuna. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're trying to go for that clutch nostril shot, you know, you can can try that out. But generally speaking, 3x or less is really all that you're going to need. At the, uh-huh. at the end of that circle. And um, I've just, this has happened to me a lot where, like, I've done this on several occasions where I'll get like a Mark 14 or maybe an SLR. And I love those weapons, man. I love tapping people out. I just, I find it really effective. Um, mm-hmm. And I often do it even pretty far into the late game. But mm-hmm. I've noticed I had a couple of games where I took it too far, where I was like, I was still like 4x scoping with my Mark 14 too late into the circle. Mm. And it was just the wrong thing to do. What I should have been doing is like using my M4 with my red dot on full auto and taking those people out because they were at a range where that yeah. made sense. Um, yep. So I was losing those races basically doing yeah. that. You know, we've I've been seeing a lot of clips lately of the MK14 on full auto yeah. with, with scopes. Oh, man. <laughs> Good luck with that. This is like, I think it's just kind of a braggy thing to post because it is such a pain in the ass to get kills with that gun. Oh, full dear. auto. Yeah. 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 So it's I get why I, if I got a full, any full auto kill with that weapon, I would probably post because um, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. the, the best full auto case for that weapon is with the red dot or holographic within 50 meters, if not mm-hmm. a little closer. Like mm-hmm. it's basically. It's like an treat SMG. it like exactly yeah treat it like an smg when it's on auto um yeah. it's, it's what i do because it's so fucking bouncy oh my god yeah it's insane power down those scopes at the end for sure and you know just red dot's gonna do just fine in most situations with the in the top 10 so yeah totally. all right mm-hmm. number five go for it Robin. um so this is all about don't be greedy guys don't <laughs> looting dead players and also care packages as much as i love them 
Um, obviously, they're probably going to get you killed in the final circles. If you ne- really need stuff, it could make sense to loot. But at the end of the game, you probably have plenty of stuff unless you've been snaking the whole time. So um, yeah. on the other hand, I will say there's a small case for um, care packages if they're in the right position. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they're on the way. And sometimes care packages can be really good cover. Mm, um, right. It can be the best cover in the final circle, depending on what's going on. So, yeah, looting dead players, not as worth it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Just leave them be. Yeah, leave them be. The only the only reason I wouldn't is usually for armor. Like, if they have a helmet and you lost yours, that's a really good reason to loot a dead player in the final circle. But mm-hmm. even then, you've just you've got to be careful. You've got to mm-hmm. expect that someone else is nearby and they heard you and they know where you are now. Yeah, and if if you are looting, you know, be squarely about it. Yeah. Don't sit still. I just like watching people sit still while they loot at any time. It's painful. Like, unless it's a really chill situation. Yeah. I squirm around all the time when I'm looting and things like that. Um, I just, I can't, I can't sit still because I don't want to get headshot. (laughs) So if you haven't mastered the art of um, squirreling around in figure eights or in circles while you loot, definitely work on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lifesaver. Because people will often not even shoot. People will wait for you to sit still before they fire a shot. Mm, yeah. And they'll, even if, if you are squirreling around, they'll waste at least three or four seconds realizing, oh, this guy's not going to stop. Like, right. I'm going to have to shoot at this moving body. And then they're, they're going to probably miss those shots and alert you that you're getting shot at so you can get away. Yeah. So, I yeah, squirrel. I agree. It, there's Nothing mm-hmm. makes me cringe more than seeing someone down another player and watching them run over to that player's loot box and just go prone, you know? It's uh, like... Or, 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 or just stand on it. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it's like, what did you think was going to happen here, you know? The proning, though, especially gets me because I'm like, do you think you're getting away with this right now? As my favorite professor told me, get out of your parents' basement, you know? <laughs> That that's sage advice on the Winner Winner podcast this week, folks. Get out of your parents' basement. All right, moving on here. Uh, point number six: losing track of where people are. So, this is it's probably one of the most important skills to master in the final circle is keeping tabs on people. And everything that you hear is information in the top ten. You need to be listening for where gunshots are coming from. You need to be listening to how far away they are. You need to be listening to what kind of weapons they are and watching the kill feed because Mm -hmm. this is going to give you a lot of information about how to actually play the final encounters. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where, like, again, it's easy to just get kind of cavalier about it and just kind of look at what's in front of you and just focus on whatever game plan you've come up with. But Mm -hmm. it's so vital to just like, you know, you'll hear a shot and you'll see someone die in the kill feed and then you'll hear another shot and you'll see someone else die in the kill feed and you'll be like, oh, Mm -hmm. there's an AWM player who's like 200 meters away. So, you, you know, for the rest of that match, you need to be thinking about that. You need to be planning your movements based on that. Great. Um, I like this next one, number seven. It kind of disarms some of the the other points a little bit in that it, we're calling this one assume you're getting killed because you're assuming that people in the top ten are better than you, which is usually not true because a lot, lot of very conservative, careful players who don't have good gunfight skills end up in the end circle. And so it's kind of it's it's kind of a funny rule, right? Because for me, it's like, Maybe the best case or the best way to think about it is that anyone you don't see, assume that they're a total expert and you have to do everything you can to um, avoid getting killed by them because they're killing machines. But once the gunfight actually begins, then you need to tell yourself that like you you are the alpha wolf <laughs> and this person is your dinner yeah. and there is no way they're going to best you in this because I think that's just going to help kind of keep the cool a little better mm-hmm. um, because I, I, d- I definitely get a little tense in those end circles and I, I kind of assume like everybody I'm facing off with is like shroud you know yeah. like, oh, sh- like, yeah. 
<laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, and I've I've had so many top tens where like maybe it's five players left and I see someone and they've got like a level three helmet and a crate weapon. And I'm just thinking like, Oh God, like this is the person right here. Like this, this is the winner. I'm facing off against the final boss. And Uh oftentimes it's just like some random jackass who got a vehicle and got a crate and camped the whole game. And here they are. Right. Totally. So I've killed that person. And land a couple shots and then they go prone and like kind of squirm and like look toward you but don't really know what's going on yeah (laughs) yeah exactly like i've been that person a lot i've killed that person a lot you know and then like someone with a level one helmet and a shotgun will just own you right yeah so anyway it's just i think it's not i wouldn't change your play style around this but you know respect your opponents err on the side of caution assume that they're all good but don't assume that like every last person in the top 10 is like the godzilla of this round there's probably Mm -hmm. one player who's like pretty good um and you know they might they might die they might get cornered they might get caught in crossfire you know so Mm -hmm. anything can happen just just leave space for that yeah number eight this next point, number eight, getting naded. We've all died in the end game by getting naded. And it's something that you need to be prepared for because mm. people do it a lot. I find this is actually really hard um, to think about mm. and, and to avoid. Because um, end circles, it could be urban, it could be a forest, it could be a field with, with hay bales. And either way... I think that given the new grenade radius, especially of 3.5 meter kill zone, um, that's just the radius. So if it's a circle of seven meters wide, mm. if you're in that circle, then you're toast. So yeah. that tree you're standing behind, just know that if you give this person a moment to cock a grenade and, and peek out and shoot and toss it at you, that they're, they, they will probably do that. And so I guess maybe the best thing to, to be aware of is kind of the, there's a rhythm to these things, right? Mm-hmm. So two people see each other, they shoot, they take cover and they kind of stalemate for a second. And a couple of seconds later is when you can expect that grenade. Yes. And so basically anticipating that, either anticipating it and, and acting by peeking the tree and waiting for them to peek out so you can maybe kill them as they throw the grenade or, mm. um, or, or nade yourself, right? <laughs> be the first one, be slightly faster than them. And yeah. if you hear their nade be tossed, you want to be, I mean, that's what sucks right now. I, I was kind of, I had mixed feelings about this bigger grenade radius because I don't really know what the best thing to do in this case is. You can mm. turn around if you have a good sensitivity on your mouse run away from the tree so that you still have the tree covered, but are moving rapidly away from where the grenade fell. Let's say yeah. it landed at the tree. Yeah. Um, or you can charge them. Um, I don't, I wouldn't want to run sideways from the blast, but I don't know. I guess there's a case for that too, because then you're running sideways to their aim. So it'd be harder for them to, yeah. to sight you. I don't yeah. know, man. That's well, I've seen this happen a lot, not just in the end game either, where, someone will chuck a nade like say in a shit shack and it'll be in there for like four seconds and then it blows and you see a death in the kill feed and uh-huh. you're like what the hell was that person doing all that time you know like were they just like <laughs> were they like texting their mom you know, you know what they or, were like, doing man like they were they were recalling all these video clips that i've seen because i watch PUBG wtf all the time <laughs> where the grenade will fall in a room like right next to somebody but it's yeah. like just on the other side uh, of like a shelf the leg of a chair yeah. or something, <laughs> like something tiny. And right. it just, I think that the the way that they calculate the grenade damage is like direct line of sight between the object and must be some piece, some part on the player, right? Yeah. And probably not like every part on the player, just like their belt buckle or something, right? Uh-huh. But there's not a direct line between those two things and you're in the clear. So... They're probably just thinking that, like, well, there is that cardboard box in the corner, like, maybe. (laughs) 
maybe I'm safe because yeah. I'm on the box. I yeah. don't know. Praying to the yeah. RNG gods. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what you should do in that situation is just get the fuck out of there. Get the fuck out of there. And it's like, yeah, of course someone's going to be shooting at you. Yeah, of course you're probably going to die. But, like, the grenade is certain death. So just don't, don't, you know, when someone's nading, like, you, you hear the pin, you probably see the nade flying through the air. You probably have a pretty good idea of where it is, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, unless it's just clear that the person's just, you know, tossing them willy-nilly, doing like a mortar zone, which does happen. People do, they do that too. But just keep an eye on them, man, because it's certain death. I mean, there is a certain... I, it's like, I think if when a grenade... If I'm in a shit shack and a grenade rolls in through the window up top or something, it's like this moment of... uh, Like, the, if you have any hesitation, like, you might as well accept your fate at that <laughs> point. Like, <laughs> yeah. So... I guess maybe the lesson here is expect the nade and like know exactly what you're going to do when it happens. Right. So that yeah. there's just no hesitation. So yeah, it's, you know, final mm-hmm. circle is it's all about nades, man. People need mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. another thing to remember, I've died a lot in final circles because I forgot that I had smoke grenades. So that's another really important thing to just think about is like, sometimes you look at that circle and you're like, Oh shit. Like, I'm on the worst side of the circle. I'm going to have to run through no cover. This is really bad. That's the time to remember your smoke grenades. Yeah. All right. Number nine, you're getting killed in the top 10 because you're not boosting enough. Yeah. So this is definitely a time to use your boost. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're fully boosted, it lasts for two minutes to get from fully boosted down to nothing. So yeah, that's awesome. Just use them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of people have this thought process where they're like, I'm going to get in a fight and I'm going to hurt and get hurt and then I'm going to use my boost to get back up, right? <laughs> but imagine if you get in a fight and you're already boosted. Like, yeah. that means that you can do whatever you need to do after that fight and you don't need to be fucking around trying to heal yeah. back up, right? Yeah, use them. Yeah. Put all that loot into work and just use your boost. That's it, all man. Right. Like, don't die with boosts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like. Mm-hmm. If, if you've got them, use them, you know, and especially use them when you have a minute, you know, because you might yeah. not have a minute in a minute. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Number right. 10. This is a big one. This yeah. This last of... one, Robin, talk us through this. All right. So this is like, you're dying because you're choking. All right. <laughs> yeah. Don't choke. Choking kills people, y'all. This is a big factor in the game, obviously. So, you know, do your, do your stress relief your stress management um you want a little bit of adrenaline just to get that reaction speed up and but you don't want to clench your mouth so that you you crush them like arjuna does with his enormous yeah. man hands he goes through two yeah. a week man it's rough. yeah <laughs> you know i would say just like fourth circle from the end find a bush step away from your computer over to your yoga mat and just do a couple of sun salutations and, and recite some of those mantras that your your uh, PUBG guru gave you. Oh, yeah. You know, um, shanti, chicken, um, chicken, shanti, shanti, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, whatever it is, I'm not a guru, but um, I'm sure you could find one of those and and get some good good mantras for that end game to calm you down and keep you laser focused for that chicken dinner. Dude, that's another racket that I should get into is yeah, being a PUBG guru. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. I I mean, my name's fucking Arjuna. Yeah. Born this way, <laughs> dude. Born this way. Yep. Yeah, choking, it's a thing. It happens. I try, you know, I've said this on a previous episode. I try to play the top 10 like it's any other part of the game except you know more diligently because i just don't as soon as i get in that mindset of this is higher stakes it tends to fuck up my game so mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm trying to do that like careful brain surgery of like keeping mm-hmm. the vigilant part but taking out the stressed part yeah yeah, yeah. man it's some real mental jujitsu mm-hmm. yeah nothing a few downward dogs can't get you out of Am I right? <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's it for this week. Robin, are you going to be doing any custom games next week? Uh, yep, I'm going to try to 
do some Monday custom games again. Okay, sounds so, good. So that'll be, yeah, another three hours. And yeah, we'll do six to nine Pacific time, which I'm in central time. So that'd be eight to 11 out here. Mm-hmm. So, hope to see you guys there. Definitely join up, invite your friends and let's get a big crew going. So I, I want to do, we've been doing a lot of war game, which is awesome. Um, but I want to do some more battle royale this next week. Mm. So, yeah. So this is an exciting thing. We've created a new account, um, that we've been sharing with a couple of our mods and involved community members. So basically, um, Skills and Thrills and Sokola are both going to be hosting some custom games coming up. So this Tuesday, June 12th, Sokola is going to be taking over my Tuesday spot of uh, 6 p.m. Pacific and hosting some games, which we're really excited about. And then uh, Skills and Thrills is going to be doing Thursdays as well. Um, And we'll get the specific time of that posted in the Discord because I don't know it yet. Also, Sokol is going to be doing Saturdays at noon Eastern time, which is 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, which is really cool because it's just a different time range than we usually do. So it'll give some different people around the world, or just even in the U.S., um, on different time zones, a chance to get in on the action and not feel the squeeze. And just to let you guys know a little bit, a um, little view into my personal life, I'm going to be going into a really heavy work time for June and yes you know I have a job and it sometimes requires me to step away a little bit more so I'm going to be returning to hosting custom games probably in July so you know I love you guys I want a game with you just going to have to take care of some IRL stuff for a little while so hence the substitutions you can find you know more information about that in our discord in the custom musings and the you know schedule channel okay yeah so do they have a steam name arjuna um yeah so this account's steam name is uh, or rather the ign is winner podcast and that's actually the steam name as well so is that is that lowercase or yeah yeah the steam name is lowercase so great you can become an official friend of the podcast by befriending that user on steam so this is cool it just means that we can have more games available for you guys um so we're going to be looking at just expanding our offering throughout the week because you know we know there's a lot of different people playing in different time zones and on different schedules and uh, we don't want it to just be limited to what Robin and I can show up for because, you know, we're busy folk. So anyway, that's really exciting. And we'll give you guys heads up about that as it develops. So yeah, a great way to join our custom games is to join us in our Discord, which you can find that link in the show notes. And um, Robin, we we passed 800 members. So we're really rocking. What? Yeah, isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah. That's amazing. So, Discord's coming along. Um, it's just we've got, you know, big Xbox, mobile, PC contingents. Things are happening in there. There's discussions. Yeah. Um, people are posting sweet videos. It's just, it's a good place. It's a good place to hook up with other players. It's a good place to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening in PUBG. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend joining that. And of course, if you want to join our custom games, it's pretty much the only way that you can do that. So, okay. Yeah, we also have a uh, subreddit, which hasn't been very popular lately, but, you know, whatever. And you can also support us by donating to our Patreon if you feel so inclined, and that will get you access to our ultra-secret special salacious members lounge where you can ask questions of the week and also receive future benefits as we come up with them. Yeah, if you like our show, just leave us a review on iTunes. We really like those a lot. Mm. They yes. hit us right in the hot place. Mm-hmm. Robin, tell us about the music. Music is from Gazelle's glorious local band in Eugene, Oregon. And we love them and we love that they let us use their music for our intro and outro music. So you can find them on Facebook and their link is on our show notes. Yeah, yeah. So check them out, rock out. And we will look forward to catching you guys next week. All right. Ciao, guys. Ciao.